Anyways, we about to get back to that church. Let's get some motherfucking metal. Being obedient to the word of God. Jesus said, my doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrines, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. There in John chapter 7, verse 16 and 17. Now, how does faith, how is faith destroyed? How it weakens? That is because we have neglected and rejected the word of God. Faith is destroyed and weakened when we neglect and reject the word of God. Hosea said, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Rejecting knowledge and forgetting the law of God there in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 by unbelief you know by unbelief and forsaking fellowship with one another you see that's how we destroy faith is destroyed and weakened first it's destroyed and weakened when we reject and we neglect the word of God and then unbelief by unbelief and by and you know and forsaking fellowship with one another there in hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 to 14 you see yes we're going to neglect the word of god and then we're going to reject the word of god and that's that's you know that's that's who we are and then we lack knowledge of the word of god so if we don't grow in our faith pretty much our faith is destroyed by rejecting and neglecting the word of god because we have no knowledge of the word of god but not only that <coughs> unbelief and forsaking the fellowship of other believers and also by the absence of works being inactive in our service of the Lord meaning that we don't want to come you know we don't want to serve we just want to come to church you know fold our arms and just sit there and just uh, wait for the service to be done we don't want to get involved in any service folks how are we going to apply what is given to us in the word of God we need to apply we, need, we can't just receive it. We need to apply the things that we have received so that we are able to exercise our faith so that we can continue in our faith. James said, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead also. There in James chapter 2, verse 20 to 23 and also in uh, verse 26. When we neglect and reject the word of God, when we forsake fellowship with other believers and refuse to do the will of God, you reject your faith and will suffer shipwreck. Folks, that is the beginning of us suffering shipwreck. Is when we neglect the word of truth. Is when we don't want to serve God and apply the word of truth that has been given to us in our lives. Is when we reject, you know, the word of God and our faith in Him. And then truly we can shipwreck, suffer shipwreck by rejecting one's conscience. Truly, we can suffer shipwreck by rejecting one's, con uh, one's conscience in verses 19 and 20. And it says, having faith and good conscience, which some, having rejected, concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Of whom of Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. See, rejecting one's conscience. The word conscience defined by Vine Expository Dictionary. 
It's the process of thoughts which distinguishes what is considered morally good or bad. Commending the good, condemning the bad, and so, pro so prompting to do the former and to avoid the latter. I'm pretty sure that's a great, uh, you know, uh, definition of conscience. I like what it says, consider morally good or bad, commending the good, condemning the bad, and so prompting to do the former and to avoid the latter. Our conscience can't always be reliable. We cannot trust our conscience all the time. Paul says in Acts chapter 23, verse 1, I have lived in all good conscience before God throughout my life. Even though at the time he was persecuting the Christian there in Acts chapter 26, verse 9 to 11. See, our conscience is like a clock, which works properly when it's set correctly. Though our conscience can always be reliable, can always be reliable, God's desire... Hundreds gather in Santa Monica to protest against proposed vaccine mandates. Hundred people carrying American flags and holding signs that read no jobs for jobs and stop the medical tyranny. Gathered near Santa Monica Pier Sunday to push back against proposed COVID-19 vaccination mandates. Held in a park off a busy stretch of Ocean Avenue, the gathering billed as a worldwide rally for freedom appeared half political rally and half religious gathering. Organizers led the group in prayer and attendees, mostly unmasked, milled at booths to learn about recall attempts of several Democrats, including Governor Gavin Newsom of Los Angeles and Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon, because you know. Meanwhile, beyond the news, get some music on the brain, bitches. from more than, what, 600 affiliates or more in North America, including Puerto Rico, Guam, and Canada. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. Connie Willis here. A reminder about Coast Zone, our free email newsletter that we send out six days a week. It includes recaps of the previous night's show, also fascinating original articles about the paranormal and unusual featured daily on our website. Plus, you get a calendar of weird trivia, two new weekly items, blast from the past, it's happening on Wednesdays. Also free audio clips and photos from the Coast Vault. And in Coast, you missed it. That's on Saturday. So to sign up to get all this really good information, just click on the newsletter banner at the homepage of coasttocoastam.com and soon you'll be in the zone.
A chilling crime, satanic panic, and murders that terrify the city. Don't miss Fall River, a new four-part true crime original docuseries from Epics and Bloomhouse, producers of Emmy Award-winning The Jinx. Fall River tells the story of the brutal murders of three women who were killed in 1979 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Police allege the satanic cult was to blame, practicing human sacrifice. The lead investigator became so haunted by inconsistencies in the stories that he reinvestigated his own case, bringing to light new evidence and putting the entire story into question. Judge for yourself. Fall River airs Sundays only on FX and watch acclaimed series like Godfather of Harlem, War of the Worlds, Condor, powerful docuseries Helter Skelter, and Laurel Canyon. And thousands of movies only on Epics. Get the channel or the app. Don't miss Fall River, a new four-part true crime original docuseries from Epics. Fall River, Sundays only on Epics. Get the channel or the app. Real people, real stories. I have bruising that's all over my arms. Three weeks after I was on the carnivore, I noticed, I'm looking at my arms, and I said, gee, I don't have any bruises on my arms, and I'm always full of bruises. I can't put my finger on it, but I know something's happening. I have to tell you, that has to be a carnivore. I've got a Labrador. She can hardly lift herself up off the floor. I won't tell you what the veterinarian said, but the treatment was chemotherapy. And I said, no way. That's when I said, you know what, this could be the ticket. So I started administering her, and she took to it right away. In three weeks, you could tell. She was very alert. Six weeks into the protocol, she seemed like she was 100%. She was going on five-mile walks. I'm like, my goodness, she is just like prime again. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's B-A-R-N-I-B-O-R-A dot com. Tommy Willis here on Coast to Coast AM. Join me on my show when you get a chance. ConnieWillis.com. All bets for my show, Blue Rock Talk. Get one half off. Check for the coupon code there. And Coast to Coast fans also get a nice discount, too. My show, live investigations, live interviews of all the great stuff you also know here. And creepy hotspots. Yep, live investigations right there. And you go with me. ConnieWillis.com. ConnieWillis.com. So our guest tonight, I'm going to give you a little bit more of an update with you on what's going on because we originally had Kevin Day here and everything was fine, had him on the phone, all was good. He's going to talk about the Tic Tac incident that we uh, have heard about from a while back and um, well, I was really looking forward to it because it wasn't necessarily the event itself that he was going to talk about. In fact, he feels like he's told that over and over again, but that's what happens when these things happen to you. But we were going to get into what happened afterwards. Interestingly enough, that's what we were going to be talking about tonight. Great guy, nice, loyal, going to be there for you, passionate, wants to know the answers because he had so much to tell of all these strange things that happened after the event trying to get him on the air couldn't get him on can't get him can't get him can't get him what happens next we bring in matthew roberts who we're talking to now he's also been a part of an event no witness he's also having events what are the chances for this to happen 
and it turns around and here we are talking now to someone else having the same type of situation happen also a witness now a lot of people believe that hey if i if i see a light in the sky okay i see a light in the sky from far away there's nothing else up, up. there's no other part about it no sometimes you see something and there's a whole mess that happens and maybe even happened before. So that's what we're learning right now. And it was in 2015 that Matthew Roberts, and by the way, we're gonna keep you up to date with what's going on with Kevin, because we, we cannot get a hold of him. So we wanna make sure he's okay, because uh, that's not like him, not like him. So we've got his manager checking on him, we're checking on him, we're trying to get a hold of him, we'll let you know what we find out. Now, going back to Matthew, Matthew, thanks for being with us. I just want to uh, give more of an update with people that are just tuning in because it is confusing. People were like, where's Kevin? What's going on? And we're concerned as well. So in 2015, Matthew Roberts, who is our guest tonight, was a U.S. Naval Service member stationed on board the USS Theodore Roosevelt. The events that transpired during their 2015 workup cycle brought us that first ever declassified footage of unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP. That's what a lot of people call it now. That's where people are switching to. I still say UFO. I know a lot of people want to say UAP. Okay, got it. Okay, now everybody knows that. If they haven't yet, <laughs> I know some people are like, just call it UFO. Hey, if you ever hear UAP, now you know what that is. Um, and the New York Times article titled, Glowing Auras and Black Money, the Pentagon's Mysterious UFO Program, right? Okay, so cut up to speed there. Subsequently, he transferred to the Office of Naval Intelligence in D.C., where he began to have frequent and often intense personal experiences with the phenomenon. He discovered through a long, painful, and terrifying journey, we're hearing now, that the truth of the phenomenon has deep and profound implica implica implications Excuse me, for the future of the human race. It may seem like a bold statement, but the ultimate universal truth that underlies the phenomenon is captured in the simple yet eloquent words of Mark Twain. The two most important days of your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. The big search that we all are having. The views and opinions of this, hey, are right now with Matthew Roberts. Matthew, thanks for letting me catch back up. We do want to keep in touch and see if Kevin's okay. And uh, you are going through something what you're talking about is grueling and you, as you had said you were intelligence officer as well in the navy you because of this you actually quit retired i guess right officially to figure out what's going on yeah i, I did not retire i, I left nope. four years shy of retirement oh my yeah you just were like i i can't deal with this i got to figure this out uh, well, you know, it was more that I had figured it out um, and that I thought okay. I had to get out there and tell my story. Um, gotcha. And, yeah, and so that's where all this is going. When we left gotcha. off, I, you know, was talking about how I had kind of, I would wrap myself in a burrito, like a burrito at night, so that if anybody came for me in the middle of the night, they'd have to jerk the, the comforter out from underneath me and it would wake me up. And this will kind of answer your question as to, that you asked earlier as to how I know that this had been happening my entire life. Yeah. And so, you know, I was doing this one night, um, and then I remembered that I would do this as a child. Um, and I went to go and put the comforter up over my ear, 
Um, and I remember doing this same thing, the same ritual as a child. And then I remembered being a child, maybe five years old in bed, um, and doing this. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't like it when they whisper in my ear. And if they can't whisper in my ear, then they can't take me, you know. Oh. And so that, yes, that to me was devastating. Because it, it was then that I realized, you know, that sleep, that paralysis that I felt when I woke mm-hmm. up. I felt that before as a child. I can remember being a child and waking up and feeling like, you know, my body weighed a thousand pounds and like just struggling to and fighting to kind of crawl across the bed and losing consciousness, you know? And um, so that for me was a big realization. And that is why, you know, I had such an emotional reaction to this footage because I did know something about it. Ah, this okay. been- it was familiar, wasn't it? Familiar yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, it, was, it was not something that I put together. At, at the time in 2015 and watching the footage, you know, at, at the time it was still kind of a mystery to me as to why I was having such an emotional reaction to this footage, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I put that together after this first experience and when things started to get really crazy. Um, and so, you know, things got so crazy that I, like I said, I was sleeping with the light on. I couldn't, I could not stand to be in the dark. Um, I was terrified of being in the dark because I, the dark to me now was this place where the the world that as I knew it no longer made sense. You know, it, this is this is this was their realm in the darkness. So you know, I, I would sleep with the light on. I began having all of this paranormal activity at the house. Uh, I would like like what? So I would. I would wake up in the middle of the night to like the sound of a woman screaming in the house, you know, and there's no female in the house. Uh, I would wake up to, you know, pounding on the walls, um, uh, you know, creaking doors, footsteps, um, you know, and I was so hyper paranoid at this point. The slightest creak in the house um, as I'm trying to fall asleep and I am jumping out of bed, you know, and my heart is just pounding. Uh, I started to have, like, the most horrible nightmares at night. Um, just nightmares of, like, unspeakable violence. Um, they were just absolutely crazy. Can you tell us up. some of those? Yeah, so, you know, one night I was having this dream where my parents were being um, chopped up with an axe. Uh, and... You know, and I actually woke up from that dream, and I was trying to wake up. I was trying so hard to wake up. And I started to open my eyes in my room, and I'm, like, fighting to push myself up out of the bed. And it was like there was this unseen hand that was just pushing me back into that nightmare. And I couldn't wake up, you know. Um, so so this would happen over and over again. I would have, I, like, one dream I had... Um, I was, I was in my house in Maryland and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the news. I'm like, I, I'm in a panic running around my house looking for a weapon, right? And then I stop and I look at the TV for like the latest breaking news and I can see the news coverage is like around the White House and 
there are these mobs running through the streets and they, they've got masks on their faces because there's burning cars everywhere and and then it scans around the White House lawn and there are people hanging from nooses uh, on the White House lawn. And I, these things were just things that never occurred to me. And so I was like, what is this? You know, I never have thoughts like this. Why, why is this happening? <laughs> I, I was not that way. You know, I, I loved my parents. And my mother, in fact, had already passed away, so I didn't really understand that dream either. Um, so I, you know, I'd wake up in pools of sweat. It was, it was like, it was, I would wake up absolutely drenched to the point that it looked like I had been standing in the shower for five minutes. You know, I could have wrung my clothes out. Uh, that's how. And you don't, you're never really participating in those dreams, right? You're just seeing these things in front of yeah. you. Mm. Right. I, my life is just falling apart at this point, you know, because I'm just so hyper paranoid. Uh, and at one point, I, I left the house one day, and I was like, I'm going to call a buddy of mine, and I'm going to talk to him about something, anything. It doesn't even matter what I talk to him. <laughs> but it won't be this, you know? And so I'm standing out there, and I'm making the phone call, and he's not picking up. And then all of a sudden, I feel someone push on my cell phone from behind me um, with such force that, you know, I almost dropped it. And so I, I turn around expecting to see my roommate there, you know, playing a joke on me or whatever. I turn around with a smile on my face, and there's no one there. Mm. There is no one anywhere. Uh, and I am immediately just terrified. You know, this is broad daylight, middle of the day. Um, and so, you know, I run up to my room, and I'm just... I'm laying there at this point just a mess. Uh, I, I haven't slept. Um, I have difficulty sleeping. So I'm, I'm laying on the floor of my room just crying like a baby. You know, and I'm feeling this severe depression set in in my life. Um, and so at this point, I go down to my truck later that night, and I, I called my brother. I was like, I'm going to have to unload on him. Somebody, I have to talk to someone. You know, this is too much. So I'm sitting there in my truck, and then I feel someone push on my phone again from behind me. But but I didn't even bother to turn around because I knew what it was. There was no room for anyone to be behind me in the cab of my truck. Um, and so I, you know, I just unloaded on my brother when he answered the phone. I said, "This is everything that's happening to me." There was this being in my room with blue skin. I read this book, The Kabbalion. Um, <laughs> And he kind of had this reaction like, oh, wow, this is amazing, you know. And he, he, I think he even said, your DNA is in space right now. And what? And that was, <laughs> right. That was no comfort to me. I mean, I was no. this night, this terror is what my life had become. Um, and, and so he said, you know, this can't be the answer to this. They, they didn't invent all of this exotic technology so that they can come down here and terrorize you. you, you there's something you've got to be missing. And so he kind of talked me down and I was like, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something I'm missing. So I decided that I would start looking at these, the, the author of the book of the Kabbalion, I thought that he must have written other books, you know. 
And sure enough, I found that he wrote some 110 books, in fact. Um, and he had a publication society called the, the Yogi Publication Society in which he published all these books. And the Kabbalion and all of his other books were written uh, between like 1900 and 1932-ish, um, so early half of the 1900s. And he had several other authors that published under his publishing company, like Mabel Collins is a good one. Um, so I, I read some of her books. She had a book called Light on the Path. And, she, and everything in this book, Light on the Path, seems to speak of, you know, that this is some kind of process that I'm going through. And I thought, well, where, where am I in this process? If that's even what this is, I don't even know. Yeah, so I, I kind of resigned myself to trying to figure that out. Um, and in doing so, I realized that, you know, I was so terrified every day and I was falling into such a deep depression. I, there was very little I could do other than go to work and then come home and cry on the floor of my bedroom under a blanket and just cry and shiver and shake like a, a newborn baby. Was, was the you know, current concern that it was going to happen again and again? Yeah. Or they were just consistently there? Yeah, and I, my teeth would chatter as I'm laying there crying, you know, and it was just intense. Um, and so I thought, you know, after several months of this and, and waking up, <laughs> a couple of times a week as they're taking me. Uh, I, I would wake up to the, you know, the jerking out of the comforter <laughs> from underneath me. And then I would wake up with that, you know, familiar, heavy, paralyzed feeling. And I would see how, I would see, look, be watching in front of me that the comforter would be thrown off of me onto the floor or whatever. And then I would feel my body, you know, kind of sliding across the bed towards the wall. Uh, and, and then I would see this whole light show again, and then I wouldn't remember anything after that, you know? So, so in, I, I knew that this was happening regularly. I didn't know what they were doing to me when they took me. Um, and one day I, I decided I had just, I had enough, you know? This was probably about four or five months into it. Um, I decided that, you know, I've been reading all these books. This this is just dragging on. I can't continue to live my life this way. I'm not sleeping. I'm constantly terrorized. Uh, so I decided, you know, I'm just going to throw all these books in the garbage, and we're going to forget about this whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I went to bed angry that night. I was angry that I had been roped into something, whatever this was, you know, and so I wake up in the middle of that night, I, and I had told them I wanted them to leave me alone, you know. I wake up that night, and I feel that familiar heavy feeling, and I was instantly angry. I was so angry. And I was thinking, what now? You know, why can't this just stop? Um, and so I, I start to open my eyes, and... My room is coming into focus, and I'm trying to see what's going to happen. And I see this small man standing next to my bed by my nightstand. And I'm looking at him across my nightstand, 
And I, the only way I can describe the way he looked is kind of like a yard gnome. Um, and he had like this locked white beard and locked white long hair. And he had these um, glasses, these large dark goggles on. Um, and I could see through the dark glass that there was like this glow underneath that was I don't I don't know if these glasses were some kind of technology or what but there was almost like this red glow like the cherry on the end of a lit cigarette and I could see kind of the the outline of his cheek and his nose coming down underneath the glass uh, in the glow of that light and I'm, I'm looking at him kind of puzzled as to what is what is this you know <laughs> So he tells me, don't give up, keep going. And then, Don't give up, keep going. Interesting. We are talking with Matthew Roberts here. He's telling us the story of events that have occurred after he witnessed, yep, that video. <laughs> and the familiar thing about it is that, uh, well, it was all familiar to him at one point that this has been happening for a lot longer than he has remembered. It triggered a whole lot of things is basically what it did. And that was that naval video. So more to come. Stay with us. Connie Willis here on Coast to Coast AM along with Matthew Roberts. from the 24-hour KFI newsroom. The Sheriff's Department is looking for a person suspected of setting a brush fire in Pacific Palisades that has now burned about 750 acres. Evacuations were ordered east of Savannah County Boulevard, between the Kennedy House and New Ridge Road, and north of Found before Euclid Avenue, a crash blocks the two right lanes. You're still stopped from Mountain Ave. Grand Terrace, the 215 northbound before Barton Road. It's a seven-car crash. This is blocking all lanes. Eagle Rock, the 134 eastbound at Colorado Boulevard. You've got a car fire in the center divider. Watch for activity there. And through Industry on the 60 eastbound before Crossroads Parkway, a crash still blocking the middle lanes. KFI in the sky helps get you there faster. I'm Dave Joseph. Imagine you're at the altar getting married and making a series of vows that most marriages require. That's just like signing loan documents on a brand new home loan. The difference is the odds of a marriage making at 30 years are grim. But a 30-year home loan is a contract and it's certain to last for 30 years. So you really want to make the right choice. Mark Tice here from HMS Capital. Before you apply for your next home loan, purchase or refinance, make sure HMS Capital is invited to that wedding. 
Don't just apply with one lender when you're about to take on a brand new 30-year home loan. Apply with HMS Capital, it's free. We never ask for a credit card to begin the process, and you should never provide a credit card to any other lender to begin the application. It's putting our money where our mouth is, and we have every intention of winning the bid for your business. So call HMS Capital today at 833-255-5698. 833-255-5698. Or go to our website at hmscapital.com. That's 833-255-5698. HMS Capital Funding is a DBA of Golden Empire Mortgage, Inc. NMLS ID number 2427. HMS Capital Funding is licensed in California by the Department of Business Oversight under the Residential Mortgage Lending Act. License number 4130360. Equal housing lender. Go to our website at hmscapital.com. History is beautiful, brutal, and often ridiculous. At least it is on the Ridiculous History Podcast. Hosts Ben Bolin and Noel Brown have been discussing ridiculous history for years and have covered every Everything from Antarctic murders to Chewbacca's bodyguards and so much more. Fascist dictator Benito Mussolini was super into wearable milk. Dive into some of the weirdest stories from across the span of human civilization. Listen to Ridiculous History on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Still buying bottled water? Really? Eliminate the cost and hassle of buying, well, it's wasteful plastic water bottles. Look what it does to the environment. So let me suggest a light source whole house water filtration system where you can have this delicious, clean, filtered water coming out of every tap in your home. And there are no filters to change once they install it, no maintenance at all. You actually forget about it. And what the light source water system does reduces the odor and taste of chlorine from your water. And not only are you hydrating your body, your skin, your hair will thank you too. You're buying directly from the factory, uh, which provides installation and customer service for the life of your system. They've been around for 36 years here in Southern California. And if you're looking to join a growing team, LifeSource is hiring team members in your area. Call 800-334-5009, 800-334-5009. Visit LifeSourceWater.com. LifeSource Water. Taste and feel the difference. How do you know if 1-800-NO-CUFFS is right for you? I'm attorney Darren Cavanoke, founder of 1-800-NO-CUFFS. If you've recently been wearing handcuffs, and not by choice, 1-800-NO-CUFFS is... Want to talk to you for any reason? Then you definitely want to consider making 1 800 No Cuffs your next phone call to 1 800 No Cuffs. No one looks good in handcuffs unless you're into that sort of thing. 1 800 No Cuffs. Hey everyone, it is Nicole Scherzinger here, and a lot of us are struggling with anxiety because of the unknown and uncertainty. That means tuning out the negative influences, whether that's the news, whether that's our phones. We've got to tune that out so that we can tune in what is good for us. We're not alone. If you or a young person you know are struggling, please visit childmind.org for helpful resources. Brought to you by the Child Mind Institute and iHeartRadio. KMI <laughs> AM 
Let's talk about uh, what's happening with Deshaun Watson. We haven't heard from him in a while. Or his attorney, his attorney Rusty Harden, he suggested that Tony Busby, the attorney for the 22 women who filed the civil lawsuits against the quarterback, has accepted to settle the case. Not so. Not so. Busby denied this. So this thing is far from over. And four of Busby's clients, obviously, we hear, have met with an NFL investigator. So the question has to be asked. Who plays in the 2021 NFL season? Is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Is it going to be both? Is it going to be one? Or is it going to be none? It's really, it's interesting, the little soap opera going on here. Well, I definitely think Aaron Rodgers will be playing. Who he's playing for, I don't know. I can't right. tell you that. Deshaun Watson, the thing that you mentioned, Andy, with um, four of the accusers meeting with the NFL, that is an interesting development because... It seems unlikely right now, based on what you hear from the attorneys, that Deshaun Watson will settle. But even if he does settle with the NFL investigating, they could right. suspend Deshaun Watson for however long they think uh, makes sense. They could suspend him for half the season. The point is, even if Deshaun settles, he still could be suspended. And I would be surprised if he wasn't, right? Like, whatever the NFL investigation leads them to believe even if it seems like things could have gone an improper way that's probably going to be enough for him to be suspended for a decent amount of time just in case you know i think the nfl has done this covering their bases with some other cases like just in case something improper happened so I don't think that uh, – I think Deshaun Watson will be suspended for at least half the season is my guess based on the personal conduct policy. Sometimes we'll see these eight-game suspensions. But that's just – that's a guess at this point. I don't know if he suits up at all. I think there's a much better chance, way better chance that Aaron Rodgers is suiting up playing a full season than Deshaun Watson. Agreed. Is. Agreed. And I tell you right now, you mentioned the settling factor. Should Deshaun Watson settle, if he does settle – to me, at least as an outsider looking in, that admits guilt. Well, it also admits the fact that he wants to just end the thing. But I think it admits guilt. So I think the fact that he's not settling, he wants to fight this thing. And I think that in his heart of hearts, and I don't know. I don't know if it's guilty, not guilty. There's no tape. We have no you know, way to even find out what happened. It's my word against your word. He said, she said. And that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing that he said, she, she said. Not well, listen, Andy, uh, I... I not every single case that is settled is automatically, oh, well, that guy clearly was guilty. Not every time. Right. Like, sometimes it's a matter of, you know, I say this, you say that, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to prove my innocence or clear my name, so let's just make this go away. And honestly, that's what Deshaun Watson should have done way back when. And uh, he decided not to, and here we are. And that makes a lot of sense if you're completely innocent. But, man, there's a lot of smoke for there to be no fire whatsoever. Right. I have a hard time believing, and I don't know this to be sure, but I have a hard time believing Deshaun Watson was just some choir boy. And he's got all these women accusing things that are not even close to being true, and he's fighting for his good name. I just, I have a hard time believing that's the case. you got 22 women. I mean, honestly, it was two, three even, maybe. I'd say, well, you know, fight it, but... 
22, uh, that's not good. I mean, it's like a house of cards here falling on them. So I don't know. And I tell you, you're right with this NFL situation. He, they, the women move with the investigators. They're kind of shrewd on this deal. He's probably going to miss at least half the season. He will probably miss at least half. Maybe all of it. I doubt it. But I think at least half the season he will miss. But then again, you see, Tom Brady missed four games because of uh, deflated football. Think about that. Four games for that. So right. how many well, games will he? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there are a lot of people that, uh, yeah, they'll compare it to that. That was a big thing with the Ray Rice situation. Right. It was half the time as Tom Brady. And look, Tom, Ray Rice's suspension should have been much longer. Anybody with half a brain would see it that way. Uh, but in terms of, you know, uh, I, I thought the whole Deflategate thing was obnoxious. That was uh one of the biggest fake controversies in sports history. Mm -hmm. But if there's, you know, you're doing something to affect games on the field, I think you have to take that into account. It's not exactly apples to apples, that's all. But it's a right. weird conversation to have because it makes it sound like, you know, one is worse than the other. It, no, of course, domestic violence is way worse, world's worse. But that doesn't impact what happens on the field. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, you know, uh, what Tom Brady allegedly did with the deflating of the football can change the outcome of a game, in a sense. It's almost bordering on cheating, in a sense. Uh, bordering on maybe when Pedro's ba betting on baseball, things like that, which you know, operates during the course of the game. What Deshaun Watson had done is on his time, not NFL time, but certainly he owes his dealings to the NFL because he is part and he works under their umbrella. So he will be punished by the NFL because what he did was break right, the right. NFL rules. But real fast on Deshaun, good mm -hmm. Lord, just think of this from the Texans' perspective. Initially, Deshaun wants out. He's requesting a trade. That's a whole situation <laughs> to begin with. Right. And just as they are like, no, he's too valuable. We don't want to trade him. All these lawsuits, just one after another, after another, after another. And now you're in this spot. And David Culley, the new head coach, he's being asked about, hey, is Deshaun going to show up for these practices over here? And he goes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. What a mess. Good yeah. Lord. I feel bad for the Texans organization with this whole thing. That is so much drama to be dealing with. And not knowing where it ends up. What's going to happen in 2020? They have oh. no idea how this is going to shake itself out. You're exactly right. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Sports, Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Now, now they're playing like the Bombers. To the Bronx we go. Bronx Talk Radio is freaking next. The NFL schedule. Check. Booking hotel and flight reservations. Check. Taking your Vax card. Check. But, but, let's go, baby. The NFL season is coming soon on Fox Sports Radio. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or maybe German to land a new job, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. 
All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel, language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. The Python Massacre, a riveting true crime podcast, is back for season two. In 2016, eight members of the same family were slain. Today, a local family of four await trial for these murders. The podcast examines the details of this horrific case. They're accused of doing this together. They're accused of trying to cover it up together as a family. Listen to The Python Massacre on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get your business on the radio and you don't need help from a professional, you really need to check out iHeartAdBuilder.com. Not only is it extremely affordable, online, customizable, and heard by 9 out of 10 Americans every month, it's just so easy. You can even make your own radio ad all from your smartphone, wherever you are. Click, listen, approve, and get your ad on air. Get started today at iHeartAdBuilder.com. That's iHeartAdBuilder.com. Looking back at the world of sports... It's the iHeartRadio Weekend Sports Time Castle. What's happening, fellow sports fans? It's Andy West. Let's start back this week in 1913. Washington Senators player Walter Johnson ends his record scoreless streak at 56 innings. Johnson's scoreless inning streak in 1913 began on April 10th and lasted 55 and two-thirds innings pitched. He threw an impressive six shutouts in a row before finally being scored on by the Browns on May 14th, 1913. Jumping way ahead this week in 1973, Nolan Ryan of the California Angels pitches his first no-hitter. He beats the Royals 3-0. This week in 1985, Michael Jordan is named NBA Rookie of the Year. This week in 1986, Reggie Jackson hits his 537th home run, passing Mickey Mantle for sixth place. This week in 1996, Sammy Sosa is the first Chicago Cub ever to hit two home runs in one inning. This week in 2006, the New York Yankees down 9-0 in the second inning matched the biggest comeback in Yankees history when Jorge Posada hit the game-winning two-run home run with two outs in the ninth for a 14-13 victory over the Texas Rangers. And this week in 2015 at the 140th Preakness, Victor Espinosa aboard American Pharaoh wins the race and would go on to win the Belmont and capture the first Triple Crown since 1978. That's just some of what happened this week in sports history. The Weekend Sports Time Capsule on iHeartRadio. Looking back at the world of sports, it's the iHeartRadio Weekend Sports Time Capsule. What's happening, fellow sports fans? It's Andy West. Let's start back this week in 1941. Joe DiMaggio starts his 56-game hitting streak. The Yanks lose 13-1. Play ball! This week in 1967, New York Yankees' Mickey Mantle hits his career home run number 500 of Baltimore Orioles pitcher Stu Miller. This week in 1972, Willie Mays playing his first game with the Mets hits a go-ahead and eventually game-winning solo home run to lead off the fifth inning. It was his first hit with the Mets, and it gave his new team a 5-4 lead over, you guessed it, his old team, the Giants. 
This week in 1984, Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton hits a grand slam and pitches into the eighth inning to help his team beat the Dodgers 7-2. Oddly enough, as rare as it is for a pitcher to hit a home run, let alone a grand slam, it was also done the night before by Joaquin Andujar of the Cardinals. And this week in 2010, Montreal follows up a monumental upset by pulling off another. The Canadians, who eliminated the Washington Capitals, beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2 in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Montreal accomplishes what no other team had done since the current playoffs format was adopted in 94, and that is to beat the President's Trophy winner and defending Stanley Cup champion in successive rounds as an eighth-seeded team. That's just some of what happens this week in sports history. The week in sports time capsule on iHeartRadio. The home of the Dodgers. Run it back. Oh, it's good to be yeah. back. That's the mission of the 2021 Dodgers. The Dodgers win. If you thought one title would satisfy them. Of course not. Look at who joined the party. Trevor yeah. Bauer is headed to the Dodgers. Three years and a hundred million dollars. The world champion L.A. Dodgers play yeah. here. I'm so thrilled beyond a shadow of a doubt. We will come home world champions. Yeah, we're about to lift them up. AM 570 L.A. Sports. Yeah. And I Heart Radio Station. To find FS1 on your television, go to foxsports.com for details. FS1. Bronx Talk Radio coming right up. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. But right now, let's go to the Bronx. Guys, 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 it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Get out of here. Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio. Hosted by the great Chris P. Speaking New York is hotter than anything else right now between Aaron Judge and the New York Knicks. It's great here. But I thought you were talking hot like the sun, like you were busting it's up. It's going to be freaking hot very soon. It is not hot right now, but very soon it's going to be freaking hot, just like the Knicks. And then it'll I picture you with the little, uh, like, the suntan lotion on your nose and your glasses Listen, on sometimes you got to go. Sometimes, if you can go enjoy Coney Island, you go and enjoy Coney Island. You know what Under I'm saying? Under the boardwalk. Under the Under boardwalk. Under the freaking boardwalk. Or sometimes above the freaking boardwalk. It's wherever you can go find your bookie. You want to... You know, get you off Do you feel here. silly now there, Chris? You were freaking out because the Bronx Bombers didn't get off to the hottest of stars. No, I don't feel silly. Huh? I have to live in the moment, day to day. <laughs> That's the only way I will enjoy it. I will hyperventilate. And right now we're crushing the Rangers. So, you know, the, the, we'll, we'll get back to them eventually. But We uh, told you to breathe. You know, take a deep breath. Everything's well, going to be all this? right. Did you see this? So, you know, the Aaron Judge getting back on course. Stanton started to look good. The Dodgers are now shaking the boots because apparently they went and signed Albert Pujols. Oh, why? Pity, a pity move. They, a pity needed, a free, they needed a freaking everyday he, first. He hasn't done, done anything in five years. Hasn't done a thing in five years. And if anybody should have signed him, it would have been really cool if he would have gone back to St. Louis to end nah, his career St. Louis, there. The, the Cardinals fans they don't, don't need him, I know, but still in all. Would have been Listen, nice to he doesn't do. even need to pack up. He just drives to a different part of town. There was some interest by the Cardinals, but the Dodgers swooped in. And here's the thing. They're paying him $420,000. The Angels are on the, the hook for what the remaining $30 million. Yeah, what is it all the kids say these days? Go and get the bag. He's going and getting the freaking bag over here. 
Yeah, and it's being paid by the Angels, who just released them. You know what's going to happen. Pool's going to hit a couple of big home runs and do something at least better than hitting below 200. So they're going like go to they're gonna go back the to, the, uh, to the World Series. He's going to get his freaking ring over there. And again, he doesn't need to pack up and move. He's right there in Los Angeles. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Not a bad Good move for him. For him. Not, yeah, a, not a bad move. Happens. Not a bad move. Uh, do you see that speaking of bad moves, though... This was out today, so Oscar De La Hoya is, uh, rumors are out that he's making a comeback as an MMA fighter, which I don't understand that. But well, he's like 50 years old, isn't he? Yes, he is, but, you know, age is just a freaking number over here. You would know that, Andy. I know. But he was saying here, there's apparently, there was a interview going out that Oscar De La Hoya, back when Georges St. Pierre retired from UFC, Oscar De La Hoya wanted to fight him in a boxing match, and he says this bleep nut Dana White kept GSP <laughs> from making the biggest payday with me. Dana White basically deep six at Oscar De La Hoya, Georgia St. Pierre boxing match. How does that make you feel? I, it makes me feel angry over here. What's he doing? Did he think George St. Pierre was going to get whooped by De La Hoya, and that's why he nixed the thing? And he screwed us out of a good, entertaining fight over here. Exactly. The public would love to see this. Yeah, that would be would. so much more entertaining than Floyd Mayweather versus Paul Brother number five. Oh. Yeah, how was that? <laughs> that go that's going on. Think of all the crazy off-the-wall fights that have happened. I love seeing St. Pierre and De La Hoya. Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you kidding me? He's you and a lot of other people. With a big Yeah. yeah. Well, well, but it's a payday. Good payday as well. Well... Happy trails now to a dog who is now retiring, a uh, drug dog that has been uh, up near up near uh, the Washington Canadian border, retiring here because this dog's career kind of went downhill pretty quick. You want to see this? So a woman was arrested, spent a weekend in jail without charges because police say their dog signaled drugs in the car. And the problem is this dog has to basically retire because it's been signaling drugs at every car it freaking pulls over 100% of the time for about, like, two years over here. Not a good trained dog, I would say, huh? No, not good. Not good. His uh, better days are behind him over there. I wonder what the signal is, you know? Is it just waving, wagging the tail? Uh, I don't know what's going on. You know I don't what know what is? the signal like, is. They, they probably screwed up. They that. give it a treat when it finds the, when it finds the drugs, it's right? So it's like a sniffer. Yeah, so he's like, oh, hey, yeah, if I just say, hey, there's drugs over here, I'm going to get a freaking treat. Right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the whole thing too, over there. He got too smart for his own good. Is he going in the Hall of Fame, though, Chris? Is he one of these... I uh, don't think so, no. no? I, think, I think it's more of a Bob Bassett situation over here. All right. I didn't know if he had a, a great tenure beforehand, and now it's kind of like Johnny United put the charges. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or maybe German to land a new job, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you'll actually use. All you need is 15 minutes a day, and you'll be on your way to confidently speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel is designed by real language experts using a modern conversation-based technique that makes learning fun, engaging, and best of all, memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then sentences gradually get more complex. 
Soon you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. And with 14 languages to choose from and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll be sure to learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. The Python Massacre, a riveting true crime podcast, is back for season two. In 2016, eight members of the same family were slain. Today, a local family of four await trial for these murders. The podcast examines the details of this horrific case. They're accused of doing this together. They're accused of trying to cover it up together as a family. Listen to The Python Massacre on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking back at the world of sports, it's the iHeartRadio Weekend Sports Time Capsule. What's happening, fellow sports fans? It's Andy West. Let's start back this week in 1913. Washington Senators player Walter Johnson ends his record scoreless streak at 56 innings. Johnson's scoreless inning streak in 1913 began on April 10th and lasted 55 and two-thirds innings pitched. He threw an impressive six shutouts in a row before finally being scored on by the Browns on May 14th, 1913. Jumping way ahead this week in 1973, Nolan Ryan of the California Angels pitches his first no-hitter. He beats the Royals 3-0. This week in 1985, Michael Jordan is named NBA Rookie of the Year. This week in 1986, Reggie Jackson hits his 537th home run, passing Mickey Mantle for sixth place. This week in 1996, Sammy Sosa is the first Chicago Cub ever to hit two home runs in one inning. This week in 2006, the New York Yankees down 9 to nothing in the second inning matched the biggest comeback in Yankees history when Jorge Posada hits a game-winning two-run home run with two outs in the ninth for a 14-13 victory over the Texas Rangers. And this week in 2015, at the 140th Preakness, Victor Espinoza aboard American Pharaoh wins the race and would go on to win the Belmont and capture the first Triple Crown since 1978. And that's just some of what happened this week in sports history. The Week in Sports Time Capsule on iHeartRadio. Looking back at the world of sports... It's the iHeartRadio Weekend Sports Time Capsule. What's happening, fellow sports fans? It's Andy West. Let's start back this week in 1941. Joe DiMaggio starts his 56-game hitting streak. The Yanks lose 13-1. to This week in 1967, New York Yankees' Mickey Mantle hits his career home run number 500 of Baltimore Orioles pitcher Stu Miller. This week in 1972, Willie Mays, playing his first game with the Mets, hits a Go ahead and eventually game-winning solo home run to lead off the fifth inning. It was his first hit with the Mets, and it gave his new team a 5-4 lead over, you guessed it, his old team, the Giants. This week in 1984, Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton hits a grand slam and pitches into the eighth inning to help his team beat the Dodgers 7-2. Oddly enough, as rare as it is for a pitcher to hit a home run, let alone a grand slam, it was also done the night before by Joaquin Andujar of the Cardinals. And this week in 2010, Montreal follows up a monumental upset by pulling off another. The Canadians, who eliminated the Washington Capitals, beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2 in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Montreal accomplishes what no other team had done since the current playoffs format was adopted in 94, and that is to beat the President's Trophy winner and defending Stanley Cup champion in successive rounds as an eighth-seeded team. 
And that's just some of what happened this week in sports history. The Week in Sports Time Capsule on iHeartRadio. Teens in foster care will love you, even if you don't know the lingo. Dad bod. Now, the results of the occasional donut always wash down with confidence. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. AM 570 KLA 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. We are Mark And here's what you need to know. Corey Seager incurs a fracture in his right hand as the Dodgers puzzle the Marlins 7-0. Trevor Bauer striking out 10. He went 7 innings and gave up only 2 hits. The Mariners take down the Indians 7-3. Dylan Moore goes yard with a three-run blast. The Padres demoralize the Cardinals 13-3. Austin Nola wowing with six RBI. The Blue Jays author up a 4-0 win over the Phillies as Philly floundered with three errors. The Astros maneuver past the Rangers 6-5 as Houston compiled four runs in that first inning. And the Royals blowtorch the White Sox 5-1. Salvador Perez Poking a three-run RBI, which would, of course, be a three-run homer. And in the NBA, the Lakers steam past the Pacers 122-115. to L.A. is currently seventh in the West. I'm Brian Fenley. Fox Sports Sunday is on. The sounds of the game, the interviews, the breaking news, the top stories. When it goes down, we'll cover it here. Your Fox Sports Sunday is right now. Live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Andy Furman and Brian No. Don't forget to circle these dates on your calendar. And we're going to tell you why in just about a minute. But first, it's time to say, wake up, America! Wake up! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh it's not that funny. It's time to wake up because it's that time. It is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He is Brian No, I'm Andy Furman, and wow, it is my pleasure to introduce my friend, my partner, the man who makes this thing go every single Sunday, the one, the only, Mr. Brian No. Hello, Brian. How are you? Good, Andy Furman. My goodness. You uh, Are you on catnip, you know? No. By the way, do you know what catnip looks like? No. I've only no. heard about it. What is that? I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it does. Well, well, it makes cats so crazy over here, but I've never... What, do you know what it looks like, Chris? What does it look like? How have you never seen catnip? Have you never had a cat? No. I know. I've never I'm had allergic it. to it's, cats. It's shredded green leaf. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's dry, green stuff. Like, I give it to my cat all the time. It's wonderful. It makes them go nuts. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried no, it? No, it doesn't do anything to, to humans. For, for, for cats... It's well, how would you know unless you tried it? Well, I, I see my cat. I see my cat, who's usually lazy, rubs in it a little bit, and all of a sudden he's rub, running around like a maniac. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, see, it's, it's, shredded, it's like yeah. shredded green. Yeah, I can't even say what it looks like because, you know, it's not legal in every state right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's oregano. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, oregano. It looks like oregano. Sometimes oregano is banned in certain states, yes. Okay. California's okay. not one of those states, though, right? No. Yeah. What about Oregon? 
I don't believe so. No, no, we no, got, no. Uh, Oregon, Oregon believes one of my favorite, Italian food, yes. One of my favorites here, Andy, is uh, the area code is 503. Yes. They have one of these dispensaries slash weed shops that's called 503. Which is oh, just tremendous. It. Are you kidding yeah. me? You talk about brand recognition right there. That is top shelf. But I, I would have loved to have done this. Next door to that weed shop, open up a pizza parlor. <laughs> that's right. That's I, what I would do. Keep it open 24 hours, 24-7. Yeah. That's what I would do. But Because yeah. well, you're a marketing wizard over there, Andy. I'm trying my best. Do they have a lot of those uh, fast food joints next to the weed parlors? That, they, should. they should. They should. They really should. I don't know. Who knows? You know, I, I was thinking about you the other day. because all this to do about the NFL, the schedule, what's happening. Everybody's looking forward. I'm hearing these stupid shows on radio now, like, how many wins is your team going to get next year? Please. I, I mean, we'll go down that road. That's ridiculous. That's nuts. But I thought about you and I felt bad because there is no NFL team, really, in the state of Oregon. And I don't know why. Has Portland ever decided, or gotten a group together, said we want an NFL team? They're kind of laid back there in Portland, I think, right? Well, NFL is not coming to Portland, and it's a mixed bag, as other non-NFL cities are, right? You get everything under the sun in terms of who fans are rooting for. Um, but, no, it's, you know, it's just a non-NFL market. That's all. There's no NFL team here. So and and the different. funny thing is about the NFL, you don't really and truly have to have a team in your market to be a rabid fan because there's so many ways to follow it, including fantasy football. Whereas if you're a baseball fan and you're living in Omaha, Nebraska, and I hate to pick on them, and there's no major league team there or Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to follow. But look, I live in a city right now in the suburbs of Cincinnati, Ohio, and you can't find an NBA score on the 11 o'clock news anytime, anywhere. They just don't do it. Why? There's no NBA team here. So I guess they feel there's no interest. But that's not true. There is interest. But that's my, my take on it. But as far as the NFL schedule, let's take a peek now, not at the win total, not at who did well or grading. I'm not doing that. I don't have any problems with uh, win totals, Andy. I just have a problem with week by week. That's what drives me crazy. When the schedule is unveiled, and they will literally... Some of the shows, they'll put a team schedule up there, and they will literally go, all right, week five against the Bengals. I'm going to go win. All right, week uh, six, we got the Chargers. Ah, I'm going to say loss. That drives me crazy because we always talk about the injury bug and how right. big of an impact that makes. You have no idea exactly. how healthy either team is going to be. Right. It's obnoxious. It's a total waste of time. I'm going in a different direction. I'm going at the most anticipated games for next year. And I think leading the list would be the Tom Brady uh, Tampa Bay Bucks against his former team, the New England Patriots. And look, I understand now some of these tickets in that game are going for 1200 bucks. Would you, if you could, and maybe you can, would you take a, a date with you to that game for like maybe 2400 bucks? Really? Wow, a $2,400 date, huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's go check out a game. Uh, it would have to be the scenario of scenarios for me to do that. <laughs> I'll never say never. But, um, like, for instance, my dad, for years he's talked about if our St. Louis Cardinals are in the World Series. It's almost every week I talk to him, he's like, B, B, we're going. We're going to be there. So right. if they ended up in the World Series, I would absolutely pay a high price. That's one of the things my dad has wanted to do in his life. So, yeah, in that scenario, I certainly would splurge. I hear you. Okay. Now, if Brady should win this game,
You're on the brain Sunday. Don't move, don't move, I can see it. Just go back a little bit. Speeding the process. 